2: Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Big Sean, Karen, happy holidays.
3: Happy holidays, my favorite. Happy
2: holidays. Well, since it's the season of giving, what are we giving the people today, Sean? Give us a heads up. What's the show about?
4: The show we are doing today, Matt, it's going to be on fire Because I have an Israelian in the house, Karen, and my favorite Lebanese friend, Eli. And we're going to talk about public versus private. I think a lot of people in this pandemic time are transitioning from careers and they're looking to do other things. And, you know, there's always been questions I've always gotten about, like, the worrisome about working for a public company or the transition and what kind of work mind should you have. And I sometimes refer them to my friend of 35 years, like, call Eli. He's done it. And just to give a little background on my friend Eli, we've been friends for 35 years. We actually met in the first gym class in ninth grade. But over the years, we've developed a really (laughs) strong kinship. Um, We've done so many things together. We've invested together. We've bought real estate foreign and abroad together. We've been a landlord together. We worked in a, a, I don't even know what to call it, a call center together. We'd share leads with each other. And he's one of those guys that wherever he puts himself, he excels and he's done a lot and he worked a lot in the private sector. And now he has a, a senior role in the public center with the government of Canada. So I said, hey, let's bring him on and, and knock this out, Matt. And I know, Yo, I know this is real
2: official. that This this intro would sound real polished and that's great. But my man Eli's in the building. I got to ask you a real question. If you've known Sean this long, I got to know. Eli. Well, Eli. Welcome, Eli, everyone. Eli.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, so
2: I, I got an important question. Yeah. I know we talked about the whole topic of the show and all that, but I got a question about Sean Linda. What kind of ball player was he? Back in the day, 35,
5: <laughs>
4: can you play? Now <laughs> I'm going to just stay silent and let him speak then, Matt. I'm so happy. Go ahead. So
5: well, Sean was the guy that got me into basketball. So was, I was he the
2: just... Jordan of Ottawa? That's what he told
5: yeah. me. Well, <laughs> I'll say this, Matt. I'll say this. Sean put down the first dunk in grade nine. in a okay. game. Okay. Yeah, right. so We were 14, 15 years old, maybe. Sean Sean put one down. So, and back then, that was a big thing, right? That didn't exist. Uh, All right,
4: that's enough, that,
2: Eli. But... You're about <laughs> to
5: pop it. And thing. I'll,
4: tell you, I'll <laughs> go a little I, further. Know, was... So, I just want to say one thing about our partnership and kinship. We excelled so well in basketball. We actually. Partnered and co-coached our our junior team in high school. We were high school students. You know that shows you the leadership all right, that Eli all had. Right. You got myself. someone you, to co-sign to play you, ball. You open up the can of worms,
2: brother. So, Karen, uh, let, let's move on to the to our, our run of show. <laughs>
4: let's see,
3: don't
2: start one. Don't start none. Won't be none,
4: Matt. All right. <laughs>
3: okay. Well, since we're talking about private sector versus public sector jobs. Um, Just a couple basic fun facts for us. There are 20.2 million people currently employed in the public sector in the U.S. That is about 14.5, almost 15 percent of the whole workforce. And it's uh, so those are government jobs and public sector employment is generally divided up into three categories, federal, state and local government. And on the other hand, there's about 107.8 million people employed privately, which is technically 71% of all non-farm payroll employees. So there's farm is farm. Is farm. We're not talking about farm. And as of November 2020, our latest statistics, the total unemployment rate is 6.7, which I think is quite a number of percents.
4: Let's give the true definition of public, public and private sector as well, just to kind of piggyback off you, Karen. So, the true definition of public sector is the part of an economy that is controlled by the government. Public sectors usually include public goods and government services such as military, law enforcement, infrastructure, public transit, public education, along with healthcare and those working for the government itself. While p- private sector, the part of the economy that is run by individuals and companies for profit and is non state controlled, companies and corporations that are government that are government-run are part of what is known as a public sector, while charities and other nonprofit organizations are part of
2: the voluntary sector. So now that we've set it up, Eli, we got some questions for you. Since you are, you are our resident expert, what are the differences between working in the private versus the public sectors?
5: Well, there's, there's many differences. I'd say there's also uh, quite a few similarities, but the primary difference for me was really around the work environment. I think you, uh, you'll, you'll probably have a diff, uh, feel for a different cultural vibe when you when you work for private versus public uh, sector. Uh, you know, the, the way policy set, the way decisions are made, um, the mandates are very different, right? The mandate and the, mission, the vision, why are you in this job? Why are you doing, why does this organization even exist? Uh, you know, you, you always have to sometimes point back to the mandate and try to understand why some decisions are being made the way they are made. Uh, Also, the speed with which things are done. Uh, There's a lot of um, uh, collaboration, and there's a lot of uh, work that in the the behind the scenes that have to be done in in advance. And which one,
4: Eli? Which one, private or public? I'm kind of losing. I'm
5: I'm talking public, right? Public sector. There's there's uh, you know a lot of uh, uh, collaboration, uh, a lot of consensus building before you make a decision. In the private sector, you know, the, the, the mandate is very clear. The, the corporation is the single most uh, greedy en- entity, right? It's there to make money. It's there to increase shareholder value. Well, in the public sector, you're really doing things for the for public good, safety, health, well-being of the people, uh, citizens, essential services, etc. I mean, you've listed some of them, Karen. So uh, it, it's it's really uh, the, the mandates are so radically different. That's what you have to adjust to. At, so-
4: at, at, Knowing Eli, you for so many years, I can say that, and I'm sure you would agree that you're an entrepreneur by heart. I am. Did Did you feel that working in the public sector, that entrepreneur spirit drive was just <laughs> sucked right out of you? Did I do I'd that say, well?
5: Yeah, you did well. I, I'm not going to comment on that, Sean. I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> but I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. I think. I think you instinctively uh if you're coming from the private sector you're looking at these things you know business opportunities growth uh driving you know uh, whether it's margins or sales or whatever it is uh instinctively you're you have to leave some of those things behind you always have to remind yourself why are we doing this it's not to make money it's actually to enable and support others uh whether it's, it's other enterprises corporations uh uh, other government departments, for example. So you're there to really serve. And, and, and it does take away some of that entrepreneurial spirit. But the drive to succeed and the drive to grow and the drive to make an impact will never go away, in, regardless of whether you're in the private sector or the public sector.
3: So where do you work now? Are you in the public or the private sector? It <laughs> may, may
5: sound confusing from my answers. I, I, <laughs> I'm actually a uh, uh, a public servant. I Mm -hmm. I work for the Standards Council of Canada, Mm
0: -hmm.
5: um, and it's the national standard body as well as as the national accreditation body. So it is uh, under a federal government department. Uh, It it folds under uh, innovation, science, and economic development. Mm
3: -hmm. Uh,
5: So it it is a public sector organization.
3: So what attracted you to that?
5: Well, I think, you know, the opportunity to make an impact, to do public good Taking a lot of the the lessons I've learned in the private sector and applying them actually, uh, you know, some people may not know this, but not all government uh, organizations are funded by the government. So for example, we are 100% cost recovery. Uh, that means we run a business, all my employees, all of my, you know, my staff members, my, my salary, my, the benefits, the travel, all that stuff is covered by fee for service that we provide to the public. So, um, it, there is that there is still some of that entrepreneurial drive, but we're not there to make profit. we're there to enable and support the growth and development of a, a, a private enterprise
2: speaking of growth, how would you compare the growth opportunities in the private versus the public sector?
5: are, are we talking career growth Matt, just to be yeah clear? I, exactly. I, think, I i think uh you know depending on the sector you're in you may you know in the private sector uh you know if you're if you're in probably in the uh, IT right now, you may be exploding with opportunity because of everyone's working from home, and you know, there's all these different setups and softwares and uh, tools that you require. But I'd say uh, it's, it's a steady uh, opportunity to grow uh, in, in the public sector. Uh, it, it is one of the large, to Karen's point earlier, it is one of the largest employers in the country, and therefore, uh, there are, there's plenty of growth opportunities. The nice thing is you could change your job function as well. Uh, quite quite easily, because because of these different opportunities, people retire. Uh, there's gaps that need to be filled, et cetera. so there's I'd say there there's a fair bit of growth opportunity uh, in in the federal government.
4: Let's talk money, bro. Mm-hmm. I know you for a number of years and you love money. Do you think that <laughs> the the public can be just as rewarding as a private when it comes to turn as, as income and salary and bonuses and that kind of stuff? or you feel like, the ceiling is lower than in in the public. So if you're going to get into public, don't think about it as a as a grab bag.
3: Well, I okay. So, so Karen,
4: and so in other words, is this is public okay for Karen?
3: Finally, thank you. <laughs> That's
4: the question. Is it okay for Karen?
5: Okay, so I, I think it depends on the level and it depends on the function, etc. I w- as a senior executive in the government, I'm very content with uh, with my package, my my compensation package, and 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 the way I'm I'm recognized and rewarded. There's also. <laughs> <laughs> there's also a bonus structure uh i'd say there's there's probably more money in the, there's more money in the private sector if if you're you know you're uh you're you know level one manager and below because uh you know they're just generally the compensation is higher sometimes if you're in a different role you're in a sales role it's uncapped you can make as much money as 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 as, as your performance can allow you to right so I think it's different ways to compare, it. but I'd say overall, overall, and I speak for Canadian government. I can't speak for uh, American compensation, um, uh, American government compensation. But it's, it's, I'd say it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. You don't hear too many people complain. So, what
4: about that thirty-something-year-old person, or the people that I know? You have a lot of people that report to you. And that a young person, you know, that's looking to decide whether to go private or public. What would you say to them? I know you're more of a senior level, so yes, you may be happy with your current conversation. But if you're somebody thirty something or twenty something, what would you say to them?
5: Well, I, I think you got to look long term. Where it is? Where do you want to be in five, ten years? And and where do you want your uh, uh, you know career to take you? So
4: we're talking money. You sound like you're talking money.
5: Talking money. Yeah. Again, it's comparable. I think it's comparable if you're starting out in private sector versus public. It's very comparable. There are some industries like if you're a data scientist today, Sean, Google's going to pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars. We can't do that. Uh, you know, depending on which field uh, of study, which which area you're uh, you're interested in, I'd say it's comparable to start off with.
3: Interesting. Well, uh, let me ask you this. Do you see people transitioning more from private to public or public to private? Is it the kind of thing where like you've made your money in the private sector and then you want to do good and you want to serve and then you switch or the opposite?
5: Good question. Uh, You see both, right? I think you'll see both. And it depends on the person's uh, their goals, uh, where they're at in their career. You know, they'll take a step back and say, okay, I've if I've made my money, I'm good. I'm ready to move on to something else. I want to give back. I want to help other companies. I want to help uh, my fellow citizens, etc. Then you might jump into the federal government, or, or uh, you know, state in your case, or local government. Mm-hmm. I think it, it depends on on where you're at uh, in your career and where what your career ambitions are. However, I think you'll you'll see it coming mm-hmm. both ways. Some people leave our organization, and others to go to the private sector and Many people. So what do you guys
2: say? Loser. <laughs> <laughs> Eli, I, I got a question for you. Like here in, in the States, we've been dealing with uh very polarizing political times uh, in, in Canada, working in the government, does politics play in, in any role into your position in being a, a career uh, working in the government? Like it does the, the, depending upon who's elected, can you lose your position? Are they appointed? Are they, you know, like how does politics play into, your there's,
5: career there's appointments and there's competition and sometimes you are uh, uh you know you, you are capped off because there's a certain uh there there's a, an administration in place or a cabinet in place that that has different policies from from the previous one or they may change the policy so uh it is i would say more at the senior executive level has a bigger impact um uh, sometimes they'll want to do more if you find more efficiencies you know that's code for <laughs> or cuts or reduction of of uh of support, uh, so you may be impacted that way, uh, but but overall, I think uh, you know they're trying to put the, put in these policies uh, at least in, in Canada where uh, more and more there's continuity whenever there's a federal government change.
4: So let me ask you a question, Eli. If so young applying to come work for you, and he's going from private, and he's coming to public. Like I know some of them may come with a sense of arrogance. What's, what, what what tips or recommendations do you have like mm-hmm. for somebody wanting to interview for a public job coming out of a private sector?
5: I think you got to put some of those old habits behind. Some of them are instinctive and embedded in your DNA. Uh, You know, uh, looking at uh, things like, uh, like I said earlier, profit, uh, growth. So don't uh, talk profit. Stock options. You're not going to get that, right? You're not going to get stock. So what do
4: you Uh, talk about then?
5: Well, to, to entice them to join.
4: You no, know, what do you, as I, I'm being interviewed, what should I be saying? What some of the things I should be trying to say to show that I'm ready to do public service? Well,
5: why, why did you get, why are you interested in, in public service? Uh, what's the motivation behind it? Are you here to, you know, is it a paycheck or is it something bigger than that? Is it, are you here to, uh, to have an impact, uh, to support? Because b- by definition, you're a public servant, you are there to serve. So if you're not in it for the right, you know, for the right reasons, then the question is, what are you in it for?
3: Well, can you do a public service job where you don't have to interact with the public? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) The public is like the worst part of public service. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
4: That's so wrong on so many levels. (laughs) 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 There
5: there are tons of opportunities that, you know,
3: people like, you know, don't have to leave their offices. So where would you,
4: where would you, what would Karen fit in the public work? What kind of job would you give Karen?
3: My coworkers will love me, but my patience for the public is limited.
5: Definitely not an account manager for one of my, uh, you know, dealing with one of my customers. <laughs> <laughs> I put her on the operations side, you know. Great,
3: <laughs> I'll take it.
4: So, any regrets, Eli?
5: Oh no, no, it's been so rewarding, Sean. I mean, I I've learned so much. It's it's also forces you to go out to your outside your comfort zone, uh, being malleable, being. Uh, uh, you know adaptable it it really teaches you about how to how to roll with the punches and and change There's, and if you look at covid now you know we've had every single organization on this planet has had to pivot and re- rethink their uh whether it's their business model or their pricing model or how how they do business we've also had to do the same it's no different so mm-hmm. Uh, and the impact it's having is, is so you could see it. You could, you could measure it. Uh, it's quantifiable. It's measurable. It's, it's, very, uh, it's very rewarding.
4: So when you got those meetings with government, U.S. government officials, I know you travel a lot to the U.S. and you have a lot of meetings with the U.S. Are you like those damn Yankees? You guys excited to meet with us? Or are you guys sitting there like, oh, my God, they're going to try to tell us what to do. They're going to try to trump us. Get ready,
2: guys. Look at, and, look you know, at Sean he... trying to divide us. He, 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 I'm he, just he... asking a question, <laughs> man. Okay. I would be having a table yeah.
4: room full of Americans coming in there trying to boss me around and say, look, we got more money. We you need us, we don't need you. Get rid of NAFTA. How do you guys Help. feel about that?
5: Well, look, there's uh, there's the policy and then the, the trade agreements and that, you know, those we, we are involved in those negotiations. We look at removing technical barriers to trade and, and making sure there's uh, even deals on both ends. But at the end of the day, some of my closest friends and colleagues are American. Uh, Spoken
4: like a true Canadian. See that, Matt? You see how <laughs> we respond, Matt? That's how you give a very diplomatic, proper response. You, see you, that, you, Sean, Sean Linden, you, like, didn't,
2: you didn't take that course. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you see that, Karen? Out.
4: Did you get the Canadian response? See how nice we are? We are just nice people.
3: And I saw that public servant, Canadian diplomacy.
2: You <laughs> saw it. So who, who's in the build wall department up there? Are you guys building on
5: uh, <laughs> I, I don't touch that one. I'm not okay. involved in that one. I'm, we there, have a- I'm there to remove barriers, my friend. Oh, not okay. put them up. We Interesting. Tear them down.
3: That is different because we have a thriving wall department here. <laughs> it's always hiring, it turns out.
4: <laughs> exactly. well, I and the job it. just keeps going on and on and on. There's endless
3: right. opportunities in wall the wall sector if you're interested. <laughs> I, I,
5: I'll pass, Karen. Thanks, though. I appreciate that.
4: <laughs> any tips, Eli? Any Any tips that you would give? For, uh,
5: for what? Sorry, for, for
4: people wanting to get into public or private, because you've done both. We keep focused on the public, but you are a great entrepreneur, a great p- private employee as well. So, any tips on both, either side?
5: You know what? I I just say go with go with what you uh, uh, you know what motivates you. Go with where you think you can make the most impact. Uh, there there are pitfalls to both, Sean. I mean, you can get too comfortable and stagnate in any position, in any job, in any environment. There's going to be changes anywhere you go. There's going to be differences anywhere you go. I think it's being malleable. Uh, it is being scrabble adaptive. word. <laughs> <laughs> being being adaptable, flexible, and I think the key word is being patient. I think you know. Uh, there's an old saying here: uh, that some things move at the speed of government, right? <laughs> you got to keep that in perspective. Something's move will move
3: a little bit slower, and you have to accept that.
4: Karen so. made a comment about the public workers before we we need well,
3: right? We were saying, you know, like this is actually this turned out to be a really good episode. Not that I doubted you, Elias, but um, I thought I wasn't sure about I wasn't sure how into public sector jobs we we're gonna get. You know, like I thought that they were kind of like for for the overweight who had given up on life. I didn't know that they were like a vibrant career choice for young people wanting to make a difference or like anybody. Thought it was for people who were like wanted to wear sweatpants all day.
5: No, I think, I think that's, it's a bit of a myth there. I, I tell you some of the hardest working and most capable and intelligent people I've ever worked with are in the federal government. And this is, this is not, you know, this is a fact. There's some brilliant people. I worked at an organization that does uh, research, uh, National Research Council of Canada, 2,000 PhDs. I mean, these people, uh, I had a team of, of lawyers and patent agents reporting to me. It, it's incredible, the intellect, the capability, uh, and when you harness it and you direct it, probably uh, sky's the limit. Absolutely brilliant people.
2: Awesome. I think it's time to play a little true or false game with you, uh, Eli.
4: Can
5: I plead the fifth on any of them? <laughs> fifth,
2: like, like Dave
4: Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> As a Canadian, Eli, you can plead any way you want. In Canada, right. we have the right to plead. All right? <laughs> Let me set it off for you first, Eli. True or false? Bur- bureaucracy, for political reasons, it's a... sometimes more difficult to get rid of surplus workers in the public sector than in the private sector there's a lot of like overlap oh, true. people been in there true. Not...
5: <laughs> i'd say that's true <laughs> yeah.
2: with a quickness True. With
5: a quickness. <laughs> some See? Some, organi- some government departments are unionized uh there's also uh different policies uh, around performance management for for underperforming staff etc so there's there's definitely a bigger, an, another layer of, of complexity and, and uh, uh, consideration before any anything happens. Like so, if that. you get
4: into the government, and you know you're a crappy worker. You can kind of stand under the radar and keep your job and don't worry about getting fired.
5: Uh, I'm not going to agree with that comment, Sean, because everyone I've ever worked with has been very, very capable. Uh, you can stay under the radar, I think, in both the private and the public sector. I, I've I've worked with people in the private sector that that just kept the low pro and and went through it and did okay, right? I think in any organization, private or public, you can do that. It's just more difficult, I think, to uh, reorganize and uh, let's say fire somebody in in the public uh, sector environment.
3: Speaking of which, true or false, private businessmen or women don't have to worry about political popularity and so are more willing to make people redundant and fire their ass if it helps efficiency. So it's easier to get fired. Okay, that's what we thought.
5: Absolutely true.
2: All right, well, next up in this uh, game show of true or false, the public sector, on the other hand, is more likely to employ surplus workers in unproductive jobs. Mm -hmm.
5: True or false? I'd say that's false. I think there's a a lot of measures that are in place. I'm speaking for Canadian government. I can't speak for the American government.
2: Oh, shots fired.
5: Indeed. I'll I'll tell you why. Because there's, there's performance measures in place, uh, there's uh, performance improvement plans, there's a lot of training that takes place. So I think there's, there's a spirit of, of, of creating an environment where everybody need, should and can produce. Now, everybody's at a different level, everyone's got different motivational factors and different uh, things that, 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 you know, different drives. So uh, I think that's, that's important to know
3: fascinating okay how about this one true or false uh the public sector is more stable has a relaxed work environment true. provides better benefits <laughs> and more days off he said true all right uh, sounds sounds like a dream true. to be honest yeah no
5: it is it is uh there's a lot of benefit to working i i remind my team like every, every couple of months we're so lucky to be in this environment during covid nobody's yeah had, nobody's been impacted financially. No one's had to take a pay cut. No one's worried about their job. Nobody's worried about paying the rent. Everybody's gainfully employed and whether it's a pandemic or not, you know, they're, they're, they're quote unquote protected.
2: Wow. Next question. You kind of covered it, but I'm going to throw it at you anyway. Government jobs are not for the entrepreneur minded individual true or false.
5: Oh, false, false. I mean, there's, Actually, a lot of uh, the National Research Council where I used to work, uh, most of my team was private sector. Actually, 65 to 70% of them came from the private sector. A lot of them had sold their companies. There were entrepreneurs and business leaders that decided to join the federal government to uh, drive different policies, uh, different procedures, uh, different mechanisms and tools for entrepreneurs. So I would say that's, that's false.
4: Have you been in those heated meetings where there's the entrepreneur guy that just stepped in and the old public servant guy that's resisted the change?
5: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're going to see all kinds of different, uh, dynamics, but yeah, that's, that's one that, you know, that that's, uh, it's not as popular. I think, I think people listen to business leaders now, bureaucrats, are more uh, more inclined to listen to them because they especially if if they've got a, you know, a solid uh, background to back them up. Uh, So, yeah, I think you'll still see some of that, but I think, I think more and more it's fading.
4: Okay. Well then public job growth is slow to evolve.
5: True or false? Job growth. Uh, I think, I think there's more opportunity. I think if you stay within the same organization, it may be slow. Uh, Sometimes in either, you know, you, to move up you need to move out and uh you got to look at opportunities potentially the federal government in other departments that may allow you to grow faster than mm-hmm. your own your own organization but i would say it's uh i'd
3: say that that's that's false so last one true or false public sector projects are very bureaucratic
5: true, <laughs> true. <laughs> there we go so you, finally Yes, you've got, to, you've got to look at, you know, reaching out to stakeholders, regulators, other government departments, industry, non-for-profit, you know, you got to get the voice of a lot of different organizations before you actually have enough uh, information to make the right decision. So they're a little bit more bureaucratic bureaucratic in that respect um, um, because there's a lot more, uh, there's a broader range of stakeholders involved in helping you make that decision. In the private industry, you'll just say, you know what, I I just I had a chat with this CEO or this executive, Uh, he or she is willing to commit uh, to this partnership. They're putting in this much. We're putting in this much. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. And it's done. Right. It's a different dynamic. Again, it goes back to the mandate and the the mission of the organization. Mm
2: -hmm. Eli, are you hiring? (laughs) Mean-
5: <laughs> Actually, I am. I think I've got five open positions. Uh, we are hiring. Uh, but, Matt, uh, you've got to be a Canadian citizen for that.
4: <laughs> All right. Fine. They don't want you Yankee boys there anymore, man. Come on.
3: Yes, but what about Yankee women?
2: <laughs>
3: Let me say this.
5: Uh, we do hire uh, a lot of contractors uh, globally. And many of the roster that, that we do have, I've, I've got between three and 400 contract uh Contractors, external contractors, uh, many of whom live in the United States, my customers are in the United States uh, as well. Intertech, uh, 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 UL for example, um, uh, other organizations that do the conformity assessment and they're located in the United States. So we're a global organization. That's the other thing is we do business all over the world and some of the contract assessors that we have are actually American.
4: And that may be a good transition you just mentioned. We didn't talk about that. Maybe coming in as a contractor first. That's kind of like a hybrid position, right?
5: It's actually a great way to get in, Sean. I'm glad you raised it. It's a very important point. Uh, many, many people, it's very, you know, sometimes difficult to get a full time permanent position. So some people come on the contract, they hanging on the fence, them- they prove themselves, they do a good job, and then inevitably they're going, you know, they'll probably end up getting a full time permanent position. So it is a good, uh, good segue or a good way to get into the, uh, the organization uh, mm-hmm. uh, by proving yourself first, right?
3: Noted. <laughs> Are you interested, Karen? Sure. If
5: you've, got a, if you've got an engineering degree or science background, you know, let's talk. Well,
3: no? then we might not talk. <laughs> <laughs> but thank um, you.
2: Well, all right, Eli. Um, I appreciate all of this great information, and you—you you actually got every question right in the true or false. You hundred percent. You—you win the grand prize.
4: The... You know, Americans <laughs> always like to win, right, Eli? Yeah. So I would—I would take that with a grain of salt. A grain of salt, <laughs> salt, grain of salt because Americans, Americans in any way they spend their. Friends
5: winning. of mine. They're friends of mine. Actually, one, what,
2: one last follow-up question. What about? diversity in the in the in the public sector. Is that a a big thing up in Canada? I know it's It's, big down here.
5: It's absolutely huge. Matt. I cannot emphasize, especially now under this government, uh, liberal government is it's enormous. We've actually just launched something called the 50-30 challenge where they're challenging Canadian uh, organizations to employ 50 percent women on management and board positions and 30 percent diverse from diverse backgrounds. So uh, it's, it's really uh, interesting, this, this, this administration or this cabinet is really putting a lot of emphasis on diversity and inclusion. Um, and there's, uh, there's all kinds of training that takes place around it. Uh, part of your stakeholder outreach has to include uh, people from different diverse backgrounds. So uh, Canada, I think is, is really, uh, I'd say progressive in this space in, in, in and giving different minority groups, women Uh, people from different backgrounds a voice uh, in in helping shape policy and uh, uh, Canadian government function.
4: Awesome. Well, that's been a lot, Eli, man. I appreciate you coming on and taking time out to kind of give it to us Americans. So um, (laughs) um, I think now they should have a clear understanding from a subtle Canadian public and private. Karen, what do you think?
3: What do I think? Well, listen, this entire time I've been picturing an American DMV, so some of the answers made less sense to me than perhaps that's if I've been in Canada this whole time. But, yeah, that's kind of exciting No, I think a lot of people haven't really considered a public sector job. And, I mean, like, Lord knows, I think the public sector could always use great people. Like, the public is needy. Absolutely. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but I think there's a, mis- I, I, you know, I just want to make this point, guys. I think there's a misconception of what a public servant is and what he or she is not. And I think we have to kind of put those perceptions and myths to rest because I could tell you it's a very exciting uh, place, very exciting place. Uh, it could be a place for great growth and great opportunity. Awesome. We
3: literally had no idea. <laughs> oh, I'm happy to enlighten you,
2: <laughs> and and you have so Eli. We want to thank you. We got a lot of takeaways from this. How can people get a hold of you if they wanna if they wanna connect with you?
5: The best, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, that's probably the best way. My profile is public. I get a lot of connections through LinkedIn. Uh, so, uh, Elias Raffoul. Uh, best way to reach me probably is on LinkedIn.
2: All right. Well, that brings this episode of Two Black Guys with Good Credit to a close. Happy holidays to everyone. We want to thank Eli for. Giving us all this public and private sector game. I'm one third of Two Black Guys with Good Credit, and I'm out. Karen?
3: And I am Karen Margolis, as you well know, one third of Two Black Guys with Good Credit. My credit steadily rising, and I'm a black guy just like you.
4: And I'm Sean, the better half of Two Black Guys with Good Credit. And as I say every show and every week, keep your money in your damn pocket. And I want to thank my homeboy, my Lebanese friend, Eli, for once again coming on the show and breaking it down for us and dropping bombs. And I'm out, guys. And that's,
5: not, that's not literal bombs, and I'm Lebanese-Canadian. Just for
1: the <laughs> Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation...